0: Getting a good night's sleep can be much easier said than done. But don't worry, because our good friends at CBDMD have exactly what you need to help you unwind and sleep harder than all-star voters slept on Pinetown, North Carolina's own Bam Adebayo. Sleep PM bath salts fuses superior CBD and melatonin with a mixture of Epsom, Dead Sea, and Himalayan salts to turn any bathtub into a luxury spa experience and give you the, re- the relaxation that you desperately deserve. And to make it even easier to relax, regroup, and recharge, they're offering all my listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com. The promo code is NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. What up, world? To pass-first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond, You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Got a great show for you today. We're going to talk about the dameless minutes, an update on how the Blazers have played when their star point guard is on the bench. Then we're going to talk about Western Conference tiers at the midway point. Where do the Blazers stack up in the West? A crowded playoff race, they're in fifth, but where do they rank among the teams that will be chasing the title when all this is said and done? And finally, we'll close the show talking about some moves the Blazers might make. Friend of the podcast, Jason Quick, did some reporting on what the Blazers front office might be thinking as the trade deadline and buyout season approaches at the end of March. So that's what we'll close the show talking about, kind of the big picture plan that the team appears to have. But first, let's talk about the dameless minutes. This has been the number one statistic that I have been tracking since CJ McCollum got hurt. Uh, the Blazers are 13 and nine without CJ McCollum. Frankly, better than I thought they would be. Uh, I thought they would need to tread water. Instead, they've been a really they've been really solid. But there have been some obvious obvious trends, and the dameless minutes. Why I think. In case you're unfamiliar with these, I, this is the third time we've had an update on this, but just in case you are just catching up on this. The minutes when Damian Lillard are out of the game are the most important stat for for the Blazers because Damian Lillard is fantastic. He is an offense unto himself, and when he plays, they are good. In fact, the Blazers' starting lineup it has one of the best point differentials of any heavily used lineup in the league. When Dame's on the court with the other starters, that team they're a solid basketball team. But when Dame goes to the bench, they stink. It's the reason why they're the worst second quarter team in the NBA. Dame usually sits the first six minutes of the second quarter, and they suck in those minutes. And Often it has cost them games. Uh, they also struggle often to open the fourth quarter with Dame on the bench. It's if they are bad, when he is out, he has to he has to do some magic stuff, and he certainly has. If they are good when he sits, they typically win. It's as simple as that. In fact, on the year, they have. Uh, I, the way I track this is I just I look at raw plus minus in each each individual game. It's not a cumulative thing. It's each individual game, uh, raw plus minus in the minutes that Dame sits versus when he's on the court, and the differential. And what I'm tracking here is the differential, the point differential in the minutes that Dame is out, the Dameless minutes. So they have had, so in the 22 games that CJ McCollum has missed, the Blazers have played 13 games where they they've been outscored in the Dameless minutes. Eight games where they have outscored the opposition in Dameless minutes and one game against the Phoenix Suns where it was zero, but they got their ass whooped by 29 points in the three quarters that Dame was on the court and there was their worst loss of the season. Those see those same Suns on Thursday. We'll talk about that later in the week. They opened the second half of the season against those very Suns. But the trend is obvious. In a lot of ways it's exactly what you'd expect, but I mean that's why we're tracking it because it's the most important stat, so it's telling and I think re- revisiting it is is meaningful The blazers are five and eight in the uh, 13 games that they have been outscored with in, in the Dameless minutes, and most of those have come recently. That's at Dallas, where Dame was minus seven in the first half, or they were minus seven in the first half without Dame, but only minus one in the second half. They were a much stronger start to the fourth quarter, and then Dame was excellent down the stretch. Followed that up at OKC, where Dame they blew a twenty-four point lead, got down by five, and then Dame went nuts to close the game. And they ended up winning by eleven, but they were outscored in the Dameless minutes by six uh, in that OKC game. It was a nightmare, and then. To end that trip at New Orleans, outscored by 12 points in the Dameless minutes against the Pelicans. And then, of course, Damien Lode came, you know, brought them back, hit a late three, and then an and one layup to win the game late in that one. Pelicans deserved to win that game. The Blazers absolutely stole it. It was just the second time all season that the Blazers had were outscored by. Uh, double digits in the dameless minutes and still managed to win. They did it against at Washington early in the season when Dame was a cool plus 22 in an 11 point win. They did it again against New Orleans a 2 point win despite getting outscored by 12 points with Dame on the bench. Those are those are just those are thefts. Those are how you don't end up 11-11 without in the games without CJ, right? In the in the 8 games where they have been positive they they are 6 and 2 with when the positive day minutes are 6 and 2 which really strikes me as two bad losses <laughs> they should be 8-0 in those games because if they win the dameless minutes they got to win the game Typically, even in the nights when they would get outscored by three or four, they were losing those games. But in in the nights when they would outscore a team by three, they'd figure out a way to beat a bad team like Cleveland. They They would figure out how to get it done. But they outscored the Denver Nuggets by 10 points in the Dameless Minutes, thanks in large part to a vintage Carmelo Anthony performance at Denver back where it all started. But Dame was a minus fifteen and they end up losing the game. That's their worst loss of the season by the Dameless Minutes metric. Plus ten, the only time excuse me, one of two games where Dame has played, and they have outscored the opposition by double digits. The other one was uh, against Philly. They're probably their best win of the season, right? Uh, they were plus 12 in that win over Philly, and Dame, Dame struggled in that game, and they still found a way to win. He was 6-for-21 against the Sixers. Uh, but at Denver, they outscored the Nuggets by 10 in the Dameless Minutes and still lost because they just couldn't get it done down the stretch. By the Dameless Minutes metrics, that's the worst loss of the season. And then to close that particular road trip a couple nights later at L.A., they outscored the Lakers by 1. In the Dameless minutes, and still ended up losing by nine. the The Lakers were just better than them that night. It was, an, it was another tough night from Damon. and he he was hobbled in the second half. He stepped on Taylor Norton Tucker's foot, and clearly was not. He had an awesome first half, and just was not the same player in the second half. Kind of moving really gingerly. Uh, you know that's not an excuse. Those are just facts. Those that's just how that went down. But I, I think that Den- at Denver loss on February twenty third by my for my money is the worst the worst loss of the year by the Dameless minutes track. Even when CJ comes back, I think it'll be worth tracking the the dameless minutes. Like, I w- I'm not going to stay up on it like I am with, I'll, you know, I'll still keep my little spreadsheet, but I'm not going to, I won't give you three updates over the course of six weeks like I did with, with this stretch. Uh, but... I- I still think it'll be the most important stat of the year is how they play when their best players on the bench like it it matters more for them than it does maybe for other teams just because their depth while it has some parts it just doesn't have him it doesn't and it, they don't have a lot of guys who can go get a bucket on their own they basically have one other dude and it's CJ which is why these these Dameless minutes were so important for me from in my eyes to track like the Blazers go from being an elite team you know one of the very good teams to really really bad when Dame sits and if that trend continues, was even a little bit, I'll definitely highlight it. in, in even even when when uh, CJ and Yusuf Nurkic are back on the court, but but this was these this was the most important stat because it was the most telling stat, right? six and two in, in, in the eight games uh with positive with positive uh dameless minutes. They probably should have been seven and one. And if they were seven and one, then this would be like you would know this is the obvious key to their season. Six and two gives you that sense. Like that's a better winning percentage obviously than their overall winning percentage, but but it, it isn't. It isn't as glaring. But I, I believe, and I, and I wholeheartedly believe the Dameless minutes were the most important thing to for us to look at during this uh, CJ stretch. So that's why I wanted to revisit it after 22 games. I think CJ will be back. If not Thursday, then shortly thereafter. I know I've been saying he'll be back Thursday, so I might as well just stick with it. I believe he will play night one against the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I'm. This is tea leaves. You know, I haven't. I've. Blazers are tight-lipped about this injury type of thing, and uh, they haven't released an official injury report yet. We should know maybe as, maybe by the time you're listening to this, uh, depending on when you listen to it on Wednesday or after that, we'll have an update on CJ. When we do, obviously, it'll be part of the podcast. So uh, check your feed. We'll talk about the CJ's health in the future, but we won't stop talking about the Dameless minutes. It's still going to be important. It's still um, it's still a huge factor in kind of this team's future. In the second segment, though, I want to, I want to zoom out a little bit. But I want to take a look at the entire Western Conference, something we've done uh, in a couple of previous segments. But look at Western Conference tiers, how I rank all 15 teams in the West, where the Blazers stack up in that ranking. It's less of a power ranking and more it's, it is what it is. It's tiers and uh, where the Blazers are in those tiers at the midway point of the season. But before we get there, I want to tell you about Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in a chewable form at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of ED and can help you gain extra confidence when it's time to perform. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive a prescription within days, and the best part, it's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. Don't like chewing pills? It's not a problem here. Blue Blue Chew's tablets are chewable. Plus, they're made in the USA and they prepare and ship direct so it's cheaper than the pharmacy. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. That's right. Try Blue Chew free when you use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code locked on to receive your first month free. And Locked On Blazers, we got you covered for all things Portland basketball. You know that, but you might be wondering where you can get the rest of your sports news. Well, don't worry, because the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well. With the new Locked On Today, hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Follow Locked On Today wherever you already get podcasts. All right, in the first segment, we talked Dameless Minutes. It's the most important stat for the Blazers all season. It will continue to be that. It was just, it was of greater importance when they didn't have as many good players if CJ McCollum comes back still going to be an important thing to track but it it does it will be slightly diminished so I wanted to give you a 22 game update of of the Dameless minutes uh it kind of functioned like like I thought it would. It it turned out to be a pretty t- telling statistic, and I'm glad that we and I I'm glad I tracked it for you and that and that we could think about it together, List, listener and host as one. But what we want to do in the second segment is talk about Western Conference playoff tiers. I've done this a couple times, but uh, at the midway point I kind of want to put put all 15 Western Conference teams in tiers to sort of figure out where the Blazers stack up. Now standings wise they're fifth in the west, like we know that they're uh half game ahead of the nuggets who have won four in a row they're 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 in a really good spot like i don't I don't mean for these tiers to suggest that the blazers aren't in a good spot, but the the West is tough. It's it's going to be tough, and uh, I don't think the Blazers are, are, are sort of near the top. Uh, these these tiers are supposed to be how the team is playing now, not how, how I think they might play. Um, certainly influenced by recent events, but current health matters. The Blazers don't have Dame... Excuse me, they have Dame. They don't have CJ and Nurk right now. When they do, and we've seen them play a couple games, it might change where they are in the tiers dramatically, right? I mean, I'm, I don't think they're going to jump up to upper, upper, upper echelon, but they... Conceivably could, but right now the tiers are taken into account where each team is, health and all things considered. At the top in tier one, two teams Utah and LA, the Lakers, that is. Now the Lakers started 21 and six and they're three and seven in their last 10 games uh, to close to close the first half of the season ahead into the break and, and they didn't look good I mean they beat they beat uh, the, the blazers during that stretch but uh, they lost to a bunch of kind of mediocre to bad teams and they just didn't look good but I'm I'm still a believer in this this team I know that I said that it is it's how they're playing now but I'm taking the full the full body of work into consideration here and and the Lakers are still an elite defensive team, even without Anthony Davis in the lineup. Uh, They needed the All-Star break as bad as anyone just to sort of Heal up and, and and take some time away. Uh, hence, LeBron James only played one half of the All Star game. My man's my man is taking a break. But Utah and the L A Lakers. That's Tier One. Those are the top two teams in the West. I think the, they're alone at the top. In Tier Two, I've got two teams: Phoenix and the L A Clippers. The Clippers have been in Tier One all year long and have dropped down. And you might be saying, "Dude, what what's up? Like, how, what have they done to to drop down?" One, they sort of limped in to the to the halfway point. Not not um, not like their fellow staple center co tenants, but they weren't nearly as sharp to, to uh heading into the break. They they lost three in a row and to me they dropped down a tier. Uh they they could use they could use just one other dude who can score. I know there's a lot of talk about them needing a point guard. I don't know if they need a point guard because I think when the games matter, Kawhi, Leonard, and Paul George are gonna have the ball. So they might need a point guard for the regular season. I think that's less of a problem in the in the playoffs. What they need is just maybe one more shooter, one more like positive offensive force. When the numbers, like the advanced numbers suggest that when Kawhi and Paul George share the court, this team still rocks um i may regret bumping them down to tier two kind of somewhat arbitrarily even because you know they've been good but they're four and six in their last 10 loser of three straight heading in the break so they drop down to tier two and they're there in tier two with the second place in the west phoenix suns winners of four in a row eight and two in their last 10 listen <laughs> chris paul just helps helps teams win he's just a reclamation king right uh he 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 put the the Rockets as close to a championship as they've been since 1995. They, uh, he, he brought, OK He, he kind of carried an OKC team that was supposed to be a lottery team into the playoffs. And now he's got the Phoenix suns. He's, he's turned them from a competitive low level, just out of the playoffs team to the second best team in the West. I don't think they're going to finish number two in the West, but they're awesome. I mean, they're, they just, he, he helps teams win. Devin Booker is, is a star. Hopefully he can stay healthy because he's, he's a joy to watch. He can score at all three levels. And, um, you know he's he's he just is a really good basketball player. Uh I don't really know what to make of Deandre Ayton but when he's good he's really good and he can he's a big person who can pass so you know I like him. Um the Suns belong right there. They're one of the four best teams in the West. Uh apologies to this next team I'm going to talk about but the Suns are the Suns belong in tier 2 above my lone team in tier 3. There is one team in tier 3 by themselves. And this might be controversial to my dear listeners and I apologize. Tweet at me at Mike, G. Rich, at Mike G. Rich. Send me an email at LockdownBlazersPod at gmail.com. The Denver Nuggets are alone in Tier 3. This is informed a lot by the Nuggets' 33-point win at Milwaukee. Uh, Denver closed the break on a four-game winning streak, including a thrashing of the Bucks on the road. Now, the Bucks the bucks didn't exactly like storm into the to, the to the break or whatever uh and they're sort of what the bucks are doing is kind of just like experimenting figuring out what they tried the same thing for two straight years won a million regular season games and got punked in the playoffs now they're experimenting more in the regular season and and because of it they just aren't they're they're just not as good of a basketball team but I, I can't really fault them for trying new stuff. That seems good to me. Them switching on defense seems like a positive. But getting the Nuggets punking that team as good as I think the Bucks are—an elite, elite, elite offensive team—beating them by 33 at Milwaukee is a great win. And I think that's kind of informing my my thoughts on the Nuggets more than anything else. as I watched that game and I said, "Damn, they're really good." They've they are not healthy completely, right? Like the Gary Harris is not back, and Paul Millsap's not back, and uh, they're they're still kind of figuring it out, but. Jokic and Murray is an incredible two-man game. They've got a bunch of intriguing young players. I just think they're the fifth best team in the West right now, and they belong alone in Tier 3. They're not as good as Phoenix and the Clippers, but they're they're better than the next group. And the next group is Tier 4, where we find your Portland Trailblazers. Portland, San Antonio, Dallas, Golden State, and Memphis. This is the most crowded tier that I have. It's five teams in Tier 4. I think these teams are going to be competing for that S- for the six through 10 and six so much more valuable than seven this year because you avoid the play-in rounds. Uh, I I mean, you could quibble with me and say the Blazers belong up a tier with the Nuggets, but The Blazers have squeaked by some bad teams. That's kind of been their formula is that Dame has has carried them along against bad teams. And they just don't have a lot of wins against quality competition. They got blown out by the Suns, blown out by the Jazz. That was like a thousand million years ago on opening night, but it still happened. The loss to the Clippers, loss to the Nuggets in Denver. in what you'll remember from the first segment, maybe their worst loss of the season, Dameless minutes-wise. Loss to the Spurs. They have wins over two teams in the top eight in the West right now. The Lakers who they've also lost to once, and the Mavericks. They've also beaten the Warriors twice. They've won the season series against the ninth-place Warriors. That's valuable. Uh, They're going to play the Grizzlies. They had two games that were rescheduled against Memphis. They're going to see them a bunch in the second half of the season the boys will have a chance to prove it. Like they're going to get healthy and then maybe they're going to jump up a tier. Maybe they're going to jump up to tier two real quick. Once, once they get rolling with their, with their players back. But right now I can't look at this roster. I can't look at the results of the first half of the season and say that they belong among the team's elite. You know, they just haven't beaten good teams. I don't, I'm not, I'm not really knocking them for being fifth place in the West in 21 and 14. I'm just being realistic about where they are tiers-wise when you're looking at the larger picture. And that's that's where I have them. This might be hating. This might be hating. This might, Honestly, when I look at the list, this might be real ha- hateration and holleration in the Dancery. So, sorry, too late. Already made the list. Also in their tier, the Spurs, who just, um, they won't die. They're really fun. they got a bunch of young guards. Um, they're starting to figure it out with their bigs. LaMarcus Aldridge basically is not an impact player for them, and yet here they are, eighteen and fourteen. Demar Derozan's averaging more than seven assists a game. It's um, they're really they they do. Not, I don't think the Spurs can win a playoff series, but boy howdy, are they going to be tough to play every night in the regular season. Mavs have have started to look like a real basketball team over the last twelve or thirteen games or so after they really sucked at the beginning of the year. Kristaps Porzingis is getting healthier; they look better. The Warriors have Stephen Curry and Draymond Green. When those dudes are good, they're good. They, are, they don't have much help up front. They really could use someone else to play on offense, but they're a great defensive team and they have Steph Curry. And being a really good defensive team and having Steph Curry is a hell of a combination the Grizzlies they're a they're a strange group I don't really know what exactly to make of them when they're good they're good when they're bad they're bad and they're 16 16 it's like they're just a classic 500 team no consistency from the Grizzlies but talent wise and if and and where they're at with with the sort of health of their roster they're going to be a problem in the second half of the season I think um they're Kyle Anderson's having a great year. John Morant is, is a star. Uh, they've weirdly got really good mids from Gorgie Jang. It's um they're they're they belong in this tier. I'm confident that they're a tier four team. In tier five, I've got four teams: the New Orleans Pelicans, Oklahoma City Thunder, Sacramento Kings, and Houston Rockets. I feel like the Rockets probably don't belong in this tier. I feel like they belong in the tier below because they stink, y'all. They've lost 13 in a row. They were 11 and 10. Now they're 11 and 23, 13 straight losses. They're not healthy. They're not good. Uh, they're just a different team without Christian Wood in the lineup. They've been horrific without him. You know, John Wall and Victor Oladipo have had their injury troubles. They don't have a lot of um, high quality depth, they kind of have a lot of. L- similarly skilled mediocre players behind them but not a lot of not enough needle movers uh they they're the worst of this group the kings are the worst defense in the history of the nba if they were not that they'd be really competitive they're a fun offensive team that i really enjoy watching um but uh they can't stop anyone and that's how you lose a bunch the thunder what to make of the Thunder, right? Like they shouldn't be as good as they are, but they're just scrappy as hell. At some point, they're going to lose a bunch of games. I just think talent is going to catch up with them. But, uh, Shaysha's Alexander is, is an absolute star. And when you have someone as good as him, you're going to be relatively competitive and they just play hard as hell. Like that's, that's the best thing you can say about the Thunder is that you don't, you get, you're not going to get anything cheap against them because they don't, they don't roll over. Pelicans have, Two really good players who don't fit very well together, in my opinion, and Brandon Ingram and uh, and Zion Williamson. Zion is a star. Uh, Lonzo Ball looks like a basketball player. Like he he looks like he can be part of part of their a good solid foundation. But that group, the team, the roster just doesn't make sense together. And their guard play has been doo doo outside of Lonzo Ball. Uh, it's, it, they they could use they could use more dudes who more little more low guys more guards or they need Kyra Lewis to take a big step but that's tier four uh, or tier five rather New Orleans OKC Sacramento and Houston and the Wolves tier is the Wolves they're seven and twenty nine they've lost nine in a row Carl Anthony Towns is back D'Angelo Russell's not they're no good we don't need to spend any time on them they 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 fired their coach they got a new coach they're still the same bad team those are your tiers six tiers. I think a clear gap between the first five teams and then the and then the next five teams. uh the blazers have a chance to hop up. they really do They have a chance to hop up a tier. If they get healthy, they could be right there. Um, they just right now they're they're in this lower tier because they haven't beat a bunch of good teams. Once they do, I will update the I will update things accordingly. that's that is how this works. All right, let's come back in the second segment and talk about the the some roster moves jason quick of the athletic who was going to join the show this week but he cannot so he's going to join to join the show in the future the future we've we haven't scheduled it but we have agreed to do it again soon so uh jason's not on the show but he still wrote a he, he wrote a great story about sort of what the blazers sort of big picture roster plans are as the trade deadline and buyout season approaches so that is what we'll talk about in the third segment but before we get there Let's talk about Built Bar. Guess what? It is Bilt Bar Madness. That's right. I've been telling you about Built Bar f- for what seems like forever. It's the best tasting protein bar in the market. It's low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. It tastes amazing. All of them are, all 18 fantastic flavors are covered in 100% chocolate. You know the deal. But now, guess what? It's Built Bar Madness. That's right. They got a bracket for you. And today's matchup... We got two, two matchups. I already got some favorites in this one. Banana Nut Bread's going up against Toffee Almond. Banana br- Nut Bread is my number one seed in this tournament. They're easy winners for me. And then Peanut Butter versus Orange. I'm a peanut butter and chocolate guy, so give me peanut butter beating out Orange. Orange is a sneaky good flavor. Toffee Almond is also a sneaky good flavor. But for my money, those are both losers. You want to vote in this poll? Go to BuiltBar.com or visit them on Twitter, Built underscore Bar. And remember, you can visit their website, BuiltBar.com, and use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That's LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. Here's hoping it's people do the right thing, voters do the right thing, and banana nut bread wins this whole dang bracket. Today's show is also brought to you by betonline.ag. Y'all know betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to place bets on all your sports action. There's NBA games and NHL games every night. College basketball is entering its conference tournament and then the NCAA tournament next week. And if you don't want to bet on sports, they got reality TV and awards you can bet on. All that comes with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for news and scores, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head on over to their website, betonline.ag, and use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag promo code locked on and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Betonline, your online sportsbook experts. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locked On Blazers. Shout out to Dre Slaps, who makes all the music for this podcast. You can find a link, a link rather, to all of Dre's work, his music, and his merch in the episode description for this very episode. Make sure you check it out. Support local music. All right, we talked about Dameless Minutes. We talked about Western Conference tiers. Now let's talk about what the Blazers might do. The trade deadline is approaching It's uh, March 25th, and then after that, we'll have buyout season when uh, players who aren't traded are, per- are potentially bought out on the market. And Jason Quick, our friend of the podcast, former and future guest of this show, wrote a story today on The Athletic about those potential moves. I was trying to get Jason on here to talk about this story. Uh, life happens. We'll do it again in the future. So instead, I'll talk about what he wrote. Uh, it's just how it works out. So uh, basically, the Blazers... They have an open NBA roster spot. They have a 15th roster spot they can use, and they have an open two-way spot. According to Jason Quick, they are not going to uh, sign another two-way player. It's just, it's not what Neil does. I mean, I have complained about it here, and I'm, I still think it's stupid, but it, it's this isn't like a new thing. He's always kind of been a G League doubter. Uh, he hasn't really used it last year was the first year that he like really used the two-way spot and even then those guys weren't contributors they're just not going to use the two-way spot uh I will still think it's stupid but we probably won't harp on it too much because it's it's just their it's their poor decision I might harp on it more I still think it's dumb but um the Blazers basically have been waiting with this open roster spot one. So they don't go over the luxury tax. They wanted, they, they, you know, this is, it absolutely has a financial thing, but also because it is, um, they have been waiting for trade season and, and buyout season. if, if they go in sort of the uh, buyout direction, there are some names to know. Uh, according to Jason Quick, there have been some uh, rumored buyout candidates that could potentially be on the Blazers' radar. Guys like George Hill, Tony Snell, Wayne Ellington, former Tar Heel, 2009 most outstanding player of the NCAA tournament and national champion. Uh Otto Porter from the Bulls, um, who's a guy who's been linked linked to the Blazers a bunch, definitely a long longtime Olshay um, interest guy, uh, but those are all names that could potentially be on the buyout. I, other than Tony Snell, I think all of those are helpful. Um, George Hill and Otto Porter are really helpful. Wayne Ellington can really, really shoot it. Um, the I would probably play him a bunch of minutes over Anthony Simons and Nazir Little without even questioning it, but... But if not that, in general, uh, according to Quick, the Blazers are going to uh, are, are going to target a wing who can shoot, not a big man, because if Yusuf Nurkic and Enes are back, those center minutes are spoken for, and not a true point guard because. Dame's gonna play, you know, 36 minutes at point guard, so that leaves limited minutes to sort of figure out 12 minutes to figure out at point at backup point guard, and they're just gonna give those to CJ. They're gonna stagger those minutes, and then they're gonna try to play three guard lineups with Gary Trent and uh, Dame and CJ to get Gary up to 30 minutes a night. So there's there a guard is sort of not not on their radar, um, a wing who and not a big man because they have a bunch of centers. So a wing who can shoot. Everybody wants a wing who can shoot. No shit, like good luck. Um, but I think the idea of Tony Snell and Wayne Ellington, uh, potentially Otto Porter Jr., are really are really solid options. I think. I think in general, this this all makes sense. Like this is. This isn't the thing I sort of diagnose as their issue. I don't diagnose their issue as like lack of shooting. They shoot a bunch of threes. They're second in the league in three in three point attempts. They make them at a pretty high clip. Uh, I think they have good spot up shooters. Anthony Simons is not a guard. He's he he can't really he can't handle the ball against pressure particularly well. He doesn't set up his team very well, but he's an elite spot up shooter. Gary Trent Jr. is a great spot up shooter. Um, Damon CJ, if you can ever get them off the ball, are great spot up shooters. So it's like more of an argument for maybe finding ways to get them off the ball. They can do that for each other. A little bit, but you know what I'm saying. So, for me, a wing who can shoot, I like I can see its value. You could always use those guys. Um, and and if Yusuf Nurkic is healthy and Cantor's healthy, the, the big man minutes are spoken for. That's 48 minutes of really good center minutes. You don't need help. So I think my only quibble here with this is, and it's not obviously not quibbling with the reporting. I'm I, my quibble is just like the idea is the thing that I think the Blazers need is downhill juice. Like I think they need someone who can dribble towards the rim, get beat a guy off the dribble, get into the paint, break a defense, cause rotations, uh, you know, make make teams scramble, get guys in scramble mode who aren't Damon CJ. Because there's a lot of times when the Blazers' offense break down. It's just those two dribbling and everyone else watching. Well, if you had a third player who could attack, like a third creator, that would be That would really open things up. Um, I get the ideas you want like a wing because you want someone who can play next to Damon C.J. and defend at a high level, et cetera, et cetera. Like I get it. It's just it is not my diagnosis for what the team needs. That said – Neil has is so has, the thing that Neil has been best at is making small moves around the margins to say, here is a guy who could be, who could be an upgrade, and and, and finding little moves on the and part of the rotation that can help. But I think one of the big takeaways here, and I think an important one, is that Neil isn't going to make a move just to make a move. He if he if he does add someone, it's someone who's gonna play. And it's so that person would have to be like definitely better than Anthony Simons. Definitely better than Nazir Little and definitely better than Rodney Hood. And while Rodney Hood has been super bad, and what he's he remains the Blazers' most valuable trade chip because he's making $10 million and is on expiring deal because he has a non guaranteed contract for next season, uh, he just hasn't been good. So you'd need a team that really just wants to get out from under some money. Uh, so he's he's he. Makes sense to trade money-wise, but isn't really high value in terms of an asset. I don't think—I I can't imagine the Blazers getting off their other young guys, like Little and Simons. Conceivably, they could trade Zach Collins, but I don't think he has much trade value, so it doesn't really make sense. But even that said, Rodney Hood, Nazir Little, and Amphrey Simons, like— A buyout guy who's for sure better than them seems a little dicey to me like George Hill is probably better than those guys and Wayne Ellington is is maybe not he's better at shooting like he's better at one at one thing and he's elite at it and he can really when he gets hot there's not too many people who can who can make it Wayne like him but uh and Otto Porter Jr. at his best is better than those guys, but he hasn't been at his best very often this season. I and I think those are sort of like the high, high, high end of the buyout market or the or the trade market, right? So I I kind of think if if the target is a shooting wing and the sort of parameters are better than Rodney, better than Azir, better than Anthony Simons. I think this is pointing to them maybe not making a move. Like Neil's good at this, so he very Mo may, fi- may might figure it out. But this kind of seems like limited parameters, limited trade options. They can't trade first round picks. They only have a 2022 second round pick and a 2026 second round pick to trade. Those are the only two second rounders that are even allowed to trade because of other previous deals. Um they're it's they just they don't have a lot of trade ammo. They have pretty narrow parameters. It's this this kind of seems like it could be a sleepy deadline for your Portland Trailblazers. But at least thanks to the excellent reporting of Jason Quick, you kind of know what they're after. Um, they've the the others that I didn't name are locked in, like Dame, CJ, DJ, Roko, Nurk, Ennis, Carmelo Anthony, Gary Trent Jr., those dudes are on the roster. They're locked in, like they're not going anywhere. Uh, though, and they're going to play. It's just, can they upgrade in that nine, ten spots in the rotation? The the top eight are good to go. And maybe when you get to the playoffs, you only need eight players. Like, I think that there's a pretty solid argument for that. So we're talking, it, can you find a guy who's uh, upgrade in the ninth, ninth spot, upgrade in the 10th spot, who can help you win games to get better playoff seating? That's what we're talking about here. And what it seems like the Blazers front office thinks is that that spot, that guy is a wing who can shoot. So that's when you're thinking about who they might add and when you're sending me emails about possible additions, think about a wing who can shoot because they're not looking for other spots. As I mentioned at the top of this segment, uh interview with Jason Quick fell through uh, just due to life stuff. So I'm still efforting another interview for this week. I know we didn't get one last week, so I'm trying to get you one this week. But this show is, is is wonderful as a conversation. I feel very comfortable in my ability to talk at you and bring you wonderful information. But I know it's good to bounce ideas off someone, make this show a dialogue. I'm, I'm working on an interview. I got some text messages out there. Hopefully, hopefully, some I'll catch some fish with these hooks and we'll get one tomorrow. But I, 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 will, I can't tease it yet. I can't tell you to look on thurs, for Thursday's show for an interview with such and such person. But let me tell you, I'm hoping Thursday's show will be an interview with such and such person. In any case, tell your friends about this podcast. Second half of the season's coming. I want to make this the best Blazers podcast it can be. So reach out to me if you want to. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you like give me some feedback locked on Blazerspod at gmail.com is the best place to do that otherwise just tell your friends about the show tell them they can find it wherever they already get podcasts just search locked on blazers we'll be there waiting for you appreciate you listening talk to you soon